so it's Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen, your new day for the Cracking Nights show. The only podcast on the planet dedicated to the two youngest teams in the NHL. That, of course, is the Vegas Golden Knights and the Seattle Kraken. Uh, as always, you have myself, Ian, and my co-host, JP. Uh, how's it going, JP? I'm guessing you've got a lot to get off your chest today. Yeah, absolutely. It's been, it's, uh, I wouldn't say it's been a great hockey week. It's certainly been an interesting <laughs> hockey week, so lots to talk about. Yeah. yeah How you doing, yeah. Ian? You good? I'm, I'm, I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. We've got some, we, have, we have got a lot to talk about today. We've actually got some news, which we're mm. going to come to in a second. We can mm-hmm. talk around your ability to create bad juju uh, for, for the Seattle I Kraken. knew you weren't going to let me live that down. <laughs> no, no. If I was writing any notes for this week, the first note would have been blame JP. Give JP for crap prediction. for what he said. Yeah, yeah I should have known better. <laughs> for, for any listeners that uh, don't know, I made the stupid mistake of saying that Seattle should be able to handle Arizona. And um, yeah, I should know yeah. better than to say something like that on the air <laughs> i apologize i clearly jinxed it so <laughs> you did you did and i got i really hate the coyotes i'm, I'm, I'm sorry yeah, I'm for, with you. for the fans because i don't hate you um but your team just annoys me because oh, yeah. not only are they really annoying and we're going to come they're, they're going to be the first bit of news we're going to talk about but mm. it's also they just keep beating the kraken <laughs> it's really annoying sure because you're there going we look like we're the same level of team and I don't know why, because we're not. Maybe we are, because we keep losing. So Something about the matchup. Sometimes that's how it works, too. The matchup's just not yeah. good. But yes, lesson learned. I should know better than to make predictions <laughs> like that. So I'll, I'll, I'll take that one in the chin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So please don't do it again. Right, let's, uh, let's get <laughs> to the news. we go our much shortened jingle for our streamed slimline tonic and soda which is which is his podcast so uh we have some news which is rare which is rare some some of you may that may be the first time you've even heard this jingle some of our new listeners will be thinking these guys do news so <laughs> like, not very often occasionally we do and we're going to start with some today so kicking off with arizona like i promised uh, they agreed to move to their new temporary stadium uh, from next season. So they're not going to be homeless, which is good. Bad news for anybody in Quebec. They're not moving there either. Um, Bad news for anybody in Houston. (laughs) They're not moving there either. They are in fact staying in Arizona uh, and are going to be playing at ASU's Arizona State University's stadium. Now, what makes this newsworthy isn't the fact that they've moved to a stadium. It's the fact that this stadium given that it's a university stadium, um, has a maximum capacity of 5,000 people, which is the lowest in NHL today, but also NHL history. I, uh, I, I yeah, I, I, I tend to be very long-winded about things. I'm going to try to keep this super short. I am constantly <laughs> baffled by what yeah. goes on in Arizona with that franchise. I do not understand... One, why the NHL agreed to it. I, why the team agreed to it. It just doesn't make any sense to me. It's I don't think it's a good look for the NHL. 5,000 seats? like, mm. And I think they had to pay their bills in advance. That's the only way th- <laughs> that they would take a chance on yeah. it, right? I'm sure they had to pay the lease up front. That's the only way ASU would agree. Yeah. Um, and so now they're what are they they're, they're saying they're going to build a stadium, right? I guess that's the whole idea. They're going to go play at this place for several years while they build a new. Why is the NHL so hung up on keeping this team in in, in the field? I have area? no idea. I do not get it. It's been nothing no. but trouble for twenty years. But hey, I, I'm sure I'm not the only one that feels this way. But I'm I'm blown away by it. Yeah, man, I'm shocked. Uh, they so and everybody has this friend, right? But they feel like. The NHL's equivalent to that friend you go on a night out with who never brings his wallet, <laughs> never brings any money, or has always got no cash. And, you know, your other friends will say, why on earth do you keep bringing this guy out when you have to fund him <sighs> the whole night? And you'll say, yeah, but he's such a laugh. And that kind of just feels like what Arizona is to the league. Like, there's totally. just, it's this constant, <sighs> constant, and it's, Batman is so obsessed, so obsessed with just 
not moving this franchise. Yeah, what is and the deal with any that? other league, right? NBA, NFL, this team would have been relocated years ago because oh they'd have just gone, it's not working, guys. Off you go. You're not and kidding. Up, and off they go. And people will say, yes, but the NFL probably moves teams too much, um, which maybe it does. But, you know, Las Vegas being a prime example of where, where sometimes, as much as people might not want to see a team move, it, it is it is to you know the betterment in the long teams of, of, of a team. So I just for me, you know, Arizona, yeah, Arizona, and the the, the fans, you know, look, and this isn't at you because you know, my heart goes out to you guys you know, who are having to put up with this mess, you know, year in year out. Because it's not even like you're sat there saying, well. It's one bad year. At least last year was great. No, last year was crap as well. And next year is going to be crap. Um, it's, wow. I, I really, I, it's very rare for me to be almost at a loss of what to say. That's how I, that's exactly how I feel. I, I'm fla- I'm mm. completely flabbergasted by the decision. I just do not, I don't get it. It's not 5,000 seats. I mean, yeah, that's, that's a crap. huge financial hit for the team because even though Arizona yeah. doesn't sell, they're not selling out, but they're selling more than 5,000 people. Most they're, I've been to games there. They get a lot more than 5,000. You know, they might yeah. get nine or 10. They might get twice that much. Like they may not pack the arena every night, but, no. and depending if the Knights play there, they sell even more because a lot of people from Vegas go. So it's a huge financial hit and it just massive. I don't know. It's the image too. Like, is that really, that's the NHL a little yeah. 5,000 seat college arena. Like, and the AHL, the, WHL, like are these all leagues that will end like they don't have stadiums that small, certainly not in you know no. in comparison to the NHL. So yeah, there's a lot of AHL teams playing in arenas that hold 10, 15,000. Some of them, not yeah. all of them, but um, but even a smaller AHL arena is going to hold eight, maybe ten. Like, and it just annoys me because you've got and you know maybe it's just because I absolutely love the Quebec jerseys that I'm so biased, but you know. You've got somewhere like Quebec, which is there going, you know, we'll have a team. <laughs> and he, he's like looking over at them and saying, no, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just, I just don't I get don't, it. Maybe yeah, he wants get it. Yeah. Quebec to pay them 600 million to be an expansion team. Maybe that's, maybe that's what it is. But yeah, I, yeah. I just don't, I don't get the Arizona thing and it's I, I very either. disappointing. And I'm, am I, am I bitter because they beat us? Yeah, a little bit. Um, but and it's all JP's fault. But I just yeah, I'm, I'm you know shocked, what though so. you and I have even had that conversation before. That was a, before the Kraken had even played Arizona for the first time. I remember you and I discussing the the whole Arizona situation. Mm-hmm. It's obviously it's just it's been a mess out there for a really long time. But you know there are always other little business things going on, maybe that, that we don't know about that aren't publicly known. And there's got to be some other major information driving this whole thing because it, I, I don't understand. I just don't understand why the NHL would agree to that. There's a lot of other teams that if they did that, they, they, it, I mean, it would be the outcry would be absurd. Can you imagine someplace like Toronto or someplace saying, yeah, yeah, we're going to play in this, <laughs> play in this little 5,000 seater for two or three years. Like it would be totally yeah. unacceptable, it would but because be unacceptable. it's Arizona, I don't know. Like, I don't know. That's the other thing because people's expectations for Arizona are so low. It's almost like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a good idea only because it's Arizona. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. Like that'll give them another chance. Do they need another chance after 20, 30 years of (laughs) proving that they can't handle it? Like, I don't know. Anyway, I said I would be short winded. I wasn't, but there it is. I just love it. I love the fact that, uh, that you still managed to be Mr. Positive in Arizona you're saying you're saying maybe, maybe they've got a plan whereas I'm there saying it is because, because it is it is it literally is a walking disaster total dumpster so, fire it's it just is. just you and know. then what you know what's I mean this is gonna it's gonna be a joke too like looking at the broadcasts right they're in the, a little 5,000 seat arena with NHL teams like <laughs> They could be like, we sold out tonight. And you're like, yeah, the, I'm sure and you that's, did. They're so. going to sell out every night, 5,000 seats. But it's um, yeah. this is the premier hockey league on the planet. 
right? So yeah. I think I'm not trying to be elitist here, but it's like, is that is this what no, we're no, doing? No, 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 really? that, that that is that is perfectly acceptable because mm-hmm. so for those of you that haven't realised that I'm I'm British, uh, I'm British, and uh, and my team in the elite league in in the UK, so the uh, obviously our kind of Premier League, um, is is the Coventry Blaze because they're my local team, and I'm pretty certain that the Sky Dome, which is the arena that it is may hold that many may mm. hold five or six thousand at mm-hmm. which and i could be wrong right maybe it's smaller than that but it just shows if it, even if it is smaller than that it shows that we're talking about a, a arena here which is tiny at five thousand. i know that sounds like a lot of people but it isn't it isn't it's it's a fourth of the size of most arenas and it will it will feel it so mm. fair play that they found somewhere but you know that's that's awful for me so anyway moving swiftly on yes because uh, we could probably <laughs> talk about arizona for 45 oh yeah we could minutes. fill the whole episode with talk about arizona a lot of yes. vegas stuff to talk about jp yeah. you know i want to see if we can keep that positivity even when we get to that <laughs> so right. the next piece of news was uh the canadians named their assistant gm which is vincent le cavalier uh, and i nailed that this time, when we were talking, me and GP, before we clicked record, I completely mucked his name up, a treat, sounding like I was literally chewing some sort of toffee, um, but we've got it nailed that time. <laughs> and he's been hired as their assistant general manager. It's a great move from my perspective. And just quickly to add on to this, I'm not going to talk about a lot because I'm not a Canadians fan, but one of my good friends is a massive, massive Canadians fan. And what he said they were doing was trying, as we know, their GM isn't a hockey guy. He's obviously in hockey because he's an agent, but he's not what you would class as an old school hockey guy. And the Canadians are, are they're trying to build around him a kind of mixture of backgrounds so that he has the experience that he may need with him, albeit it, is, it isn't him because they wanted this guy. So I love the fact that they've got such a great plan. And, you know, I really hope for the Canadians this works out. And, you know, the Calvier is such a such a legend i know that if tyler was on this today he would be chatting about him given his uh, time in tampa but it's great to see so for one hiring we get to go to a firing uh, which was dave tippett so uh, he went the way of so many so many old coaches over the years in oil in edmonton country and uh, and he got sacked so <laughs> what started off so amazing and the Oilers looked like they were on fire. Now just look like that dumpster fire that we were talking about before. They've looked a little better, although they didn't against Vegas. Um, and uh, it was the game against the Chicago Blackhawks, which was nearly as bad as the game against Vegas. And that sealed Tippett's fate. So after two and a half seasons, he is out of here. Um, and then final two pieces of news so we'll start with an end in the beginning so the end is that uh Tuka Rask has retired from the NHL kind of wish he'd have done it last year at the end of the season rather than coming back looking awful and then retiring because I can't get those games out of my head now but he did the right thing and called it a day uh, and he leaves as a absolute legend total total legend and and I uh I could tell that Tukarask's enthusiasm for the game had been waning for at least a, a couple of seasons. Pandemic yeah. and the bubble and all that didn't help, but no. I remember no. when he tapped out. Remember during the bubble, he he um He went home, didn't he? Yeah, he went home. He gave it a shot. But I remember seeing him in this press conference and, you know, without getting too deep into it, you know, he was just like, Oh, it's like it doesn't even feel like a game. It feels like I'm out of practice and you know, he, he had a very kind of a less than flattering press conference and then went home and, you know, he said it was based on family issues and that kind of stuff. Fair enough. But I could just yep. tell then I was like, that's a guy who bubble or He's not done. Yeah. is done. He's been He's done. doing this long enough. He is, you can tell he just doesn't have, he's no. losing his passion for the game. Uh, I, th- I thought that then. And so, um, He's and made the right age, choice. Yeah, yeah. With age, you you know, you, you do eventually have to hang it up, and so um, yeah. But no, no, no question about his status in terms of what you know his achievements in the game. So yeah, um, I'm not saying anything bad about that, but it's probably it's probably time. It sounds like you know. Yeah, yeah, man. I completely agree, and and I think it shows why Boston were reluctant to resign him. Mm, um, sure. You yeah. know. So, and for those of you that know 
the stuff that I do on NHL 22 uh, in terms of the custom rosters, just calling it out. You know, I did call it. I kind of said before the season started that if he came back, it would be a dumpster fire. Uh, and it was. <laughs> so so there, so there we go. Buster Fatsko, can't believe he said that about Rask. Yeah, well, I did to get over right, it. There it is. So, <laughs> and that is our news. Hey, look, man, if anybody's going to be calling crap goalies this year, it's going to be the Seattle fan. Let's call it, just be frank. I've, I've been watching them for most of the season. So, <laughs> like we always do, we are going to do our week reviews of both Seattle and Vegas. And we're going to start in Seattle. And the reason for that is because we have a lot to say about Vegas. So, I could see Vegas being a very long section, which is fine. So, we're going to start with a slightly more positive week or it certainly felt that way although we were both 500 but i think it was because our 500 was loss win rather than win loss it mm. always feels like it was a better week i don't, don't yeah, know when why you on a win. No yeah. yeah you kind of feel like oh we turned it around whereas if you win or lose you think everything's got to you know whatever i'm going to say which i have to bleep it out so i'm going to say it so there's a week for for Seattle, nearly said the coyotes and the week for seattle started with the coyotes uh and it was a pretty God awful game. We lost 5 2. Uh, there's very little to say on that. And then we played the Anaheim Ducks uh, and we won 4 3. So, as I said, we finished the game, we finished the week at 500. I mean, a couple of bits I will say about the coach game that joking aside, when we're obviously not just blaming JP for the loss. Um, the Seattle team just did not turn up to that game. Uh, we were We were pretty awful. That was a tough, tough game to watch. That kind of gave me kind of flashbacks and memories of the nine-game losing streak mm. and the sort of Seattle team that I was watching then, very laboured on the puck, mm. stupid mistakes. Yeah, they played a stinker. Yeah, yeah, it was a stinker. I mean, like it's, they, we've had worse. Sure, <laughs> was, sure. Because there's obviously, you know, some empty net goals in that 5-2. It's not as mm. bad as it sounds. Mm. Um, but for those Seattle fans that watched it, you're probably thinking, yes, it was. Uh, and the bit with Coyotes is... You know, I know we were talking about them earlier, but when when you lose to them in that fashion, you just you know, like you see Nick Schmoltz tearing through your defense, and you think, "Come on, like <laughs> it's Nick Schmoltz for God's sake!" <laughs> like, I watched him enough years in Chicago to know he should not be tearing through any D yeah. like that. You know, mm-hmm. and then Phil Kessel scored as well, which was which was funny to see, given we were talking about the Iron Man the, Phil yeah. Kessel, um, yeah, the- but he, so he scored as well, and we just. Yeah, I don't know. And that game, that game was at home too, wasn't it? Or were they on the road? I can't remember. That was at home. It was in Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. So one for the fans. Yeah. Uh, so they got to <laughs> it see. stings even more yeah. at home. Oh, it, it shouldn't matter, but I, I feel like when when teams get it beat was, at home, it's it, it was at home. Actually, worse. yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Because I remember when we scored the the goal. You know, you could hear everyone go, "Let's go, crack it!" And I was thinking. <sighs> What we are, we're already losing to, to Coyotes of all teams. And we literally gave, I pretty soon we gave a goal up like really, really quickly into the game yeah. as well, which just, I, I hate it when we do that. Yeah, um, early on, yeah, so, deflates yeah. you. Yeah. And uh, and this is, these are the sort of, these are these awful memories I have of this game. Um, and I remember looking, so I'm watching it, and in the top left hand corner, it comes up with the stats. And it was like six minutes into the game and it said shots. And it was like, Coyote's four, Kraken, nothing. <laughs> and mm, they're going, yeah. Jesus Christ. Lopsided, so, yeah. Yeah, it was it was a bad game. A bad game. Yeah, so then we had the Ducks a couple of nights later. And to be honest, like I was expecting us to get smashed because I thought if we can't beat the Coyotes, the, the Anaheim Ducks are a pretty good team. Like, And they are, they were they were arguably a playoff bound team mm-hmm. um especially in our division they look good uh, but excuse me we had a good account for ourselves like we played some good stuff some ropey defending in fact to be honest some ropey defending from both teams if there's one thing i'm going to say about the anaheim ducks uh, and we've got gizmo on next week um and uh who is not his real name by the way he has he has got a real name but i, I wasn't sure if you wanted me to use it hence the reason i'm using gizmo um <laughs> but he's on next week and he's a ducks fan i want to know from him whether he thinks defensively they are this bad but you know, there was a few goals that the kraken scored and i was thinking wow 
this team loves the turnover. You know, mm-hmm. a couple of mm-hmm. awful bits of defending from, you know, whether the Ducks had the puck, and that's hard to say, uh, in their own defensive zone. They're mm-hmm. passing it around and they get, it gets stolen. And before you know it, it's a two on one. And we, you know, we scored some goals like that. So it wasn't, it was a, it was a really exciting game and it was a, it was a really good game to watch Four three kind of like thriller. But then like the coach part of my brain starts saying that was some bad defending <laughs> from both teams to get to that score, you know? Right. Right. Yes. Yeah. It just, be, and just because they won, it doesn't always mean that it was because their performance was like stellar. Right. But, no, um, no. But yeah, I mean, still, it's weird that that's if you were going to guess before that week started, you would have guessed it to be the other way. You'd be like, yeah, they probably a good <laughs> chance they might beat the Coyotes. Uh, Ducks is going to be tough, right? And hockey's mm-hmm. just funny that way. You just never know. You never know. No. League parity, you never know how it's going to go because you know Anaheim's a good team this year. So and Seattle came out with a win. So, but yeah, yeah I hear you. It's like East. there were you could see that some of them, the crucial mistakes the ducks made uh, to end up losing that game. Right. But yeah, maybe Seattle forced the mistakes too. I guess you could give them some credit there for forcing the turnovers, <laughs> but uh, sometimes that. a bad turnover is just what it is, right? It's just a lapse, just a bad turnover. But There you go. There's that positive, positive piece that we love. Right? <laughs> so. Yin and yang Ian. we balance each other out. <laughs> So, um, well, I was going to say, you're going to go with that. I'm going to go that the defending was equally crap. It was so. crappy. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and I didn't just, watch the whole game either. So I'm going to trust bad, your judgment bad there. Bits, but I tell you what, the Ducks have got, they've got an exciting roster though. Um, yeah. You know, just they've got some young stars. I know everyone goes on about Trevor Zegras, but it, it doesn't end with him. They've got some really exciting players. So, mm. and, and Jordan Ebley scored an absolute brilliant goal to win it. And, and we'll take that. Now, the final thing I want to talk about on for Seattle, because I don't want to go on too much about Seattle because we've got so much to talk about in terms of Vegas this week. But you had the week from hell a couple of weeks back, the road trip from hell, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, we've got a awful fortnight. So Do you? Um, if you had the week from hell, this must be a frightening fortnight, okay? Yeah. yeah. On the spot, that is, by the way, guys, making this up on the spot. So <laughs> you've got we've got Toronto on Monday we've got Winnipeg on Thursday we've got Calgary on Saturday okay and that rounds out week one Uh. week two we've got Vancouver who we are horrendously crap against uh Tuesday and they're back to back Uh, not even a back to back at home so we've got home and away as well and we've got the Islanders which we should we should we we, you know we play pretty well against Islanders of the week and then we've got uh Boston Tuka Rackless Boston uh, mm. to round out the fortnight, uh, the frightening fortnight. But yeah, uh, so yeah, it's not an easy couple of weeks there, that's for sure. No. But you know, it's funny that they've been like they surprised me against Anaheim. So you never know; they may, you know, they, any team can beat any team on any given day. But yeah, it's uh, that's not an easy schedule by any means. <laughs> Yeah, just don't just don't make any predictions, JP. We don't need it. All right. Yeah, yeah. I'm about to. I just said I would. I learned my lesson. I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm getting t- dangerously close to making predictions again, aren't I? So yeah, nearly. Qu- nearly. Quit while I'm ahead there. Exactly. But if we come out of 500 that week, uh, we'll have done well. Um, yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't think we will. But if if we do, that would be a great two weeks. That'll be a good week. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. So, with the Kraken done, that means we can go across to... Viva Las Vegas! <laughs> there you go. Hey, you got to hear it at least once this week. So, yeah. uh, I think, I think although, it should just become a show tradition. Let's just use it, you know. Yeah, until we get sued. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so, the Vegas Golden Knights week, I'm not going to say too much on this because I really want to get your opinions on this, JP, but just... The weirdest 500 you could ever have, where you had a win against Edmonton, which was a 4 0 shutout uh, in the right way round. And then Calgary was a 6 0 loss um, <laughs> and a shutout the other way round. I mean, mm-hmm. I, there's not many 500s that are that polarizing. Mm-hmm. What, what happened? Yeah, this, this was a very strange week. And 
appropriately, it's a very strange week to go with a very strange season. I'm kind of just mm-hmm. resigning to saying this whole <laughs> season for the Golden Knights has been bizarre. And I'm hearing that more and more from the fan base. It's it, it, the Knights. It's been such a strange year with all the injuries and the roster changes and, and uh, Vegas can they can go out and play amazing games against these incredible teams. You know, the, the Eastern road trip, they played really well. And, 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 you know, then they, it's weird. Like the Oilers game four zero shutout, but the score is deceptive because that game was probably the most polarizing, one of the most polarizing games of the year in terms of how the fan base felt about it. Mm-hmm. This, this is really weird. Now what kind of spurred this online? There's a, uh, publication called sinbin.vegas a guy named uh, Ken Bulky that that runs that operation and I think his comments were maybe partially what sparked it Um, but a lot of people agreed with him so he thought that the Knights played terrible that night he thought that it was just one of their worst games he was really unhappy with how they played Mm -hmm. and and it was so interesting. There were fans that agreed. They were like, yeah, they looked terrible. They shouldn't have won for nothing. And then there were other fans that were like, no, 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 they, they dominated. They get, I'd never seen so much disagreement. And there was something weird about that game. Personally, for me, I thought they played well enough to win, but mm-hmm. I thought the Oilers deserved better than they got. So the Oilers didn't look, it didn't look like a team that should have lost for nothing. It looked like a game to me that should have ended four, two or four, three, but you know, that's how that goes. Sometimes the, the Oilers just were a little snake bit, like hitting a lot of posts and there were definitely some dangerous chances. They just couldn't, you know, sometimes you just can't get it in the net and sometimes it's just not going your way. But, um, but it was interesting. People really argued over (laughs) how the Knights played that night, which I thought Mm -hmm. was, I'd never seen a game where people disagreed so much. And, um, everybody agreed that they played a stinker against Calgary. I mean, I don't think anybody's, uh, arguing about that they definitely had probably one of their worst performances of the year that night but it's we that the whole season has just been really weird like that and going back to what i was saying on the last episode i still just don't i don't really feel like i ever know what to expect from vegas yeah. i just yeah. I, you never know what you're going to get out of these guys so it's um you know in their defense when you're when your lineup is changing that much and the injury bug is constantly. See, here's the other thing. Stone, apparently, you know, Mark Stone's out again. Again. Yes. That's and all about, yeah. it's, it's coming out now. We, we all knew he had an upper body. I had heard people say that it was a bit of a back thing. That's been confirmed. And apparently, I guess he's been dealing with this back injury now since last year. So he's been dealing with a nagging thing. It's, you know, it's he constantly retweaks it. And I got to say, with back stuff... Anybody who's had back problems that's listening, you know that's it can flare up, and you hate to hear that the guy's got a back issue because it can be really hard for that to go away permanently. Like he may struggle with that the rest of his career. But um, so Stone missed some time, right? Um, I think he might have missed both of those games actually, if I recall correctly. So that doesn't mm-hmm. help. You know, your captain's out about the time you're like, oh, the team's getting healthy again. They're not. So it's just been one thing after another, you know, for this roster this year. All that being said, they're still first in the division. It's not looking as pretty as it was. Calgary is with, they've got four games to make up still, and they're nipping at Vegas's heels. So uh, it is not an assured first anymore. Like the Knights are going to have to really keep winning if they want to hold on to that position. I'm not really worried that they're going to make the playoffs, but. You know, I don't, I'm, I'm not 100% positive that they're going to finish in first at the end of the year either, but it's, yeah, it's, uh, kind of bouncing all over the place here, but it, it's been a really, really odd year for Vegas. And, and you can feel mm. that in the, in the fan base, the way they talk about Vegas, it's weird. The, 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 the emotions are all over the map. I've you've got people that are saying, oh, Vegas is, yeah, they're just not, they don't have it this year. They just don't have it. I just don't see it happening this year. You have people who are really down in the dumps about the team. And then you have other people who are like, no, 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 they're going to be great. They're built for the playoffs. It's amazing how polarized they are. But with a season like this, I kind of get that because it's it, it's really been, it's been odd. And you never know what you're going to get out of them. <laughs> you know, they're 
they're hot and cold. It's uh it's it's strange, strange season for Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to describe, you know. I agree. And the you know, we were saying about George McPhee's comments about being the underdog and the fact mm-hmm. that people out on the eastern seaboard um didn't see Vegas as a as a real contender. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you said that last week. I kind of felt like, wow, how do they not see Vegas as a contender? That's shocking. And then the Calgary game happens, and I think, you know what? Okay, actually, I can see why they think that. And I mm-hmm. think it's because of the inconsistency mm-hmm. in terms of performance. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, it doesn't start and end with Lena, but one of the notes I've got down here is about his season. You know, it's not a bad season. Like he's still got a nine oh six, I think, save percentage. So it's he's not exactly horrendous, but his play has been a bit streaky. Yeah. Whereas I think in years gone by, the, in those instances, Flurry would have come in and played game after game after game, mm-hmm. and they would have shared the load a little more. I think that he gets more starts. And obviously, Brossois gets less starts than what Fleury would have done in years gone by. Mm-hmm. Um, so you are playing more of a one and two rather than a one A and a one B that you would have done in years gone by. Right. And like you said, they're they're like having a proper Forrest Gump season. You just don't know what on earth mm. from night to night. You just don't know what you're going to get. You don't know if you're going to get a four nil shutout. And I, I completely agree with if people. I mean, I watched. I watched, uh, the, you know, full disclaimer, uh, the Calgary game I watched as highlights. Um, mm-hmm. I'm quite glad that I didn't watch it live, to be honest, because I think that would have been quite tough yeah. to watch. So I mm-hmm. feel for you. Um, but I watched the uh, Edmonton game. And you're right, actually. Now that I think about it, it wasn't as convincing as the shutout. I mean, I thought Brossois played fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, so the argument back to that guy would be sometimes... You know, we always say this about football or soccer in the UK, which is that the best teams are the ones that can still win even when they play crap. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's argument for that, but Edmonton must have hit the post two, three, four times that game. I mean, they they, they couldn't score. Yeah. You know, you could still be playing now. Yeah. And I, I think they wouldn't have scored. You know, it's one of those kind of games. So. <laughs> they deserve better than they got for sure. Like they looked better yeah. than the score indicated. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah. Uh, yeah, and this is where I get to ask some questions, but I'm going to throw some stats out first. So, you know, you, you did some stats on the last episode, and I thought, <laughs> you know, he's starting to creep into my job here, so I better, <laughs> <laughs> better, I better hit back with some stuff. Um, so, so the first one, I went to go and find which Vegas player had the most points scored this season. Now, it's Chandler Stevenson, um, which is a surprise. Mm-hmm. What's a bigger surprise, given that we are two-thirds of the way through the season, is that Vegas do not have a single player in the top 50 in the NHL of, in terms of points scored. And for me, that was surprising because I think in years gone by, you would have had Marshall or you would have had Stone or somebody who would have crept into that top 50. Now, I know that you generally are a sum of your parts team, mm, not mm. individuals. And yeah. that's where Eichel, I suppose, is going to be so different for the Vegas lineup. But to not have a single player in the top 50 players is sh- shocking. It It is shocking. And if anything, maybe, you know, we were talking about Vegas's identity and, and all this stuff. If anything, maybe that that does sort of play to Vegas's identity, like you said, in in some weird way. They they somehow it's like, yeah, somehow they they it it is about team structure for Vegas mm. that they win with the whole team, and, and I guess I'm not terribly surprised to hear that because watching it, there hasn't been any one standout player this year. You know what? Had Pacioretty stayed healthy, he probably would would be one of those guys. Yes. He yes. went on a little streak there where it was like, oh, yeah, this is Pacioretty at his best, where he was just, yeah, on a tear, just scoring yeah. goals every game. And, of course, then he got injured, which is, you know, unfortunately, that's been part of Pacioretty's legacy on the nights as well. You know, he seems to miss time. 
quite a bit. Um, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not terribly surprised to hear that. It, it, the, we never have been the kind of team that has one big standout star. Although, like you said, that's about to change, I suppose, with, with Eichel. The, 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 boy. The, yeah. the, the plot thickens with Eichel as well, because with Stone possibly missing some extended time here, at the very least, it gives management time to make decisions. If if they put Stone on long-term injured reserve, then that automatically frees up cap space for Eichel. There's no... They don't have to move anybody. While whilst if they if they put Stone on long term injured reserve, um, now whether they're going to coocher off him, you know, for the there's been some talk about that. That's a big maybe. Who knows? But at the very least, you know, if Stone's going to miss extended time, we're probably not saying bye to anybody uh, in the in the immediate, you know, in the very immediate future. It's a really good point. It's but, a really good um, point. But anyway, yeah, it's. It's important not to like say the sky is falling after one really bad game, but it's it has been such an odd year, just yeah, just up and down, you know. But I guess the problem with that game is that a lot of the fan base was already feeling it. Mm-hmm. It's almost like that game is just that really horrible reminder of what you were already thinking. It's yeah. like you yeah. know when you're you know you're expecting something bad to happen, so then when it does happen, it feels even more annoying that if it just happened out of the blue because you kind of sat there going i knew this was going to happen and i think that's (laughs) the calgary get like loss and look you know that you could people will say this is great coming from a seattle fan but you know i i I see this stuff on twitter i don't always comment on it but i see a lot of what the vegas fan base is saying after games you know my my twitter feed in in a morning after a vegas game is normally like stacked with comments and i can tell Mm -hmm. pretty quick from the comments whether it was a great night or a bad night before i even see the result and yeah the calgary game felt like a lot of pent-up frustration was released because they had the ability to turn around and say these guys suck you know and you know it was comments around not being able to play in vegas comments around the being hangover from the all-star weekend all these comments were like just blurting out and I, i just you know, people are well within their right to say these things, but I just thought, for me, I looked at some of the anger in these statements, and I, and it just looked like it was more than about the Calgary game, right? Like it was a frustration with the team, and like you said a few times now, that kind of lack of identity. Yeah, yeah, it's. I think that's you know, and I give, and I think sports fans tend to be quick to judge and and they're pissed that their team loses and they take it out on social media. (laughs) You know, there's some of that right with every fan base where people are sort of inappropriately taking out their frustrations. But, but this year, some of that is warranted just because, um, it has been such a wildly inconsistent and bizarre season, right? Like, and on, I mean, under the circumstances, I don't know that we could expect that much better from the Knights based on what's happened. Like, you know, half the season they were, like I said, playing with this sort of hodgepodge lineup that was band-aided together of, you know, AHL guys. And, you know, with, without yeah. all these injuries this season, uh, uh, very likely Amadio wouldn't be a golden knight. Hutton wouldn't be a golden knight. I mean, these are, they were making acquisitions because their roster was so banged up that they, they like, we got to get some bonafide like NHL guys in here, even if they're depth guys, like, um, yeah, yeah. Some of those Good players point. they acquired simply because of the injury situation. So under the circumstances, it's pretty incredible that they're still in first, but it, it, it's it been a unique season in the team's history in terms of, yeah, it's like you said, inconsistency and, and injury and not really knowing, yeah, what the team's identity is, where they're headed. Now, all that being said, it's you know the front office has proven that this team is built for the playoffs making the making the stanley cup final and making the conference final three out of four years that's no accident and and you could argue yes the knights choked in year two but without that bad call the knights are on to the second round and who knows how deep they would have gone that year so did they choke yes was it a bad call and and if that call hadn't been made would they were they likely on to the second round highly likely so this is a team that's built for the playoffs. I think they've proven that, um, you know, one of my Twitter buddies said that, 
last night commenting on on one of my posts. You know, they've proven they're built for the playoffs. They've they've proven that they can win when it counts uh, in in that environment. So I still think that's probably true. I still think the Knights are up for a deep run, but. But I did run this poll that you and I were discussing. It's still going on my Twitter feed that was really interesting. I said, if this mm-hmm. playoff started today, how deep do you think the Knights would go? And the response was kind of bizarre. I, it's, it's, it's kind of all over the map. Like some, the, the, the largest response still at 30-something percent last time I checked was Stanley Cup final exit or win. But almost as big was second round exit. Just yep. almost as many people said that. And then conference final exit was kind of small and first round exit was kind of smaller. So that's weird, right? A lot, a lot of people are feeling like, well, they're good, but not good enough to go really deep. Um, now, it doesn't help that I posted that right after the Calgary game. <laughs> I think if yeah, I posted true. it that's after true, yeah, yeah. a really strong win, I think that uh, that might be different, but, um, but it's understandable when you see like how well the abs are playing right now and you're going to have to get through those guys. Yes. In the playoffs, you, you know, highly likely if the Knights are going to go deep, they're going to have to get through the abs at some point. Um, now we have to remind ourselves, everybody was intimidated by the avalanche last year and the Knights went down to nothing. And Colorado fans were like, already celebrating and then the knights came back and won four in a row and the knights have proven that they can do that in the playoffs so you know if history is any indicator i think a series between those two teams it's not going to be a gimme for the abs by any means like vegas is going to be a hard out and still stands a good chance of winning it but um but yeah under the circumstances the avalanche look fantastic right now they look really good and so when you see them and you see what vegas has been doing lately it's easy to despair a little bit i get it it's easy to be like oh, i don't know are these guys going to how are these guys going to fare if they have to you know go up against the avalanche in a playoff series so but we know history has proven playoff hockey is way different than regular season hockey so you have to be careful about making too many judgments yeah uh, because yeah playoff hockey's a different beast and Teams that do great in the regular season don't always do great in the playoffs, right? I mean, look at the Oilers. Sorry, Oilers fans, but yeah. <laughs> the, the yeah. Oilers are a classic example. Of course, right now they're struggling, but uh, they're a classic example of a great regular season team that just in, in the playoffs, they they can't quite seem to make it happen. So um, anyway, that's uh, that's kind of my overview on what's going on with the Knights right now. It's uh, I'm not despairing. It wasn't a fun week, but... Eichel, that's the big thing now, right? Let's see what happens when Eichel gets in there. And I'm hearing that a lot from the fan base now. Everybody's ready to see Eichel. I think we'll probably see him on the ice pretty soon. I wouldn't I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him in one of the next few games, maybe. Then, you know, I wouldn't be shocked to see him in the lineup within the next one, two, three games, maybe four games, something wow. like that. So that would be pretty cool. Yeah. And you're you're right in what you said. I mean you know, think about some of the teams that have been amazing in the regular season. I mean, of course, the obvious one that jumps to mind is Toronto more than more than Edmonton, to be to be Good, honest. Great example. Yeah, they've been so and they're so good again this year. And you can't help but you know, for all the love of Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and wow, these guys are so stacked. They've got such a good team and mm. blah blah blah. And I just kind of sit there and think, yeah, but then they'll face Boston in the first round and choke. So yeah, it, right. uh, like like right. I just I and I'm sure they I'm sure they won't, but yes, just kind of for whatever reason, they just can't carry their regular season form into the playoffs. And maybe it's you know, maybe it is the hangover that they have, this whole kind of curse that they've got going on. I don't know. But I think the reality is, like you said, Vegas are built to be better. And you would hope by playoff time, you'll have your, your bods ready. You know, it's better that Stone goes down now than he goes down in March. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah some, some benefits to that. But yeah, as like you said, all about Eichel. I'm really excited to see him play. And if Stone is out, for a little while i think that like you said that that ends the conversation as to who's going is it going to be carlson is it going to be smith is it going to be you know whoever because they won't need to do it it may even get to a situation where there is um 
so much cap space saved by him and potentially Pacioretty, obviously, before that actually a small addition at the dread at the deadline yeah. may be doable. Here, and, you know, here's my hope. And I know this is probably what management was thinking and maybe what some other fans are thinking. My, now, listen, our expectations with Eichel, we probably have to temper them a little bit. The guy hasn't played competitive hockey in how long? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to take him a minute. Right to settle in, it's the only, <laughs> it's only the second team he's ever played for. Like it, it's, it's, he's, he's probably not just going to be brilliant overnight. However, um, even Eichel not at his best could be a very impactful addition for this lineup. And uh, I think the hope is what Vegas seems to be missing. You know, when they go deep, when they go deep, and they're a little banged up, and or a lot yeah. banged up, and the players are kind of hitting that wall in terms of exhaustion and sort of being beat up the scoring tends to dry up right and i'm not talking we need an extra two or three goals a game i'm talking about just that one goal yeah just come up a little short and i think the hope is that a player like eichel is the guy that even in when you get it deep into the playoffs he's still got those flashes of brilliance that are going to get you that extra that extra couple of goals in a series that would be the difference between moving on and not. And, and and that's where that sort of elite skill comes in, right? That's why teams like the Capitals were able to go all the way and take the cup. That's why Tampa is able to go all the way, take the cup. You know, they're banged up, they're tired, but they still have a couple of guys who are these sort of superstar level players who even when they're banged up and exhausted um, can one, either find that extra goal here or there or are good enough that the other team is tied up taking care of them, <laughs> which frees up space for the Somebody depth guys else. to score, which was yep. the, the big part of why the Capitals won the cup. I remember that series uh, distinctly. A mm-hmm. lot of depth scoring in that Stanley Cup final. And it's because everybody was worried about Ovechkin and you know some of these other elite guys. And um, yeah, so I, agree, I yeah. think that's the hope. And maybe that's the thing that's going to put the Knights over the top. But got a long way to go right but you got a, got a lot of hockey to play before you're at that point but uh it would be very interesting to see uh, what eichel is able to do in an environment where he can just play he doesn't have to be a captain he's back to full health um but i think i also think the fan base is getting exhausted of even of talking about eichel i hear a lot of that they're like i'm so sick of hearing about eichel i want to see him on the ice it's like i, I get yeah. it so do i and they will they will they yeah, will. it's coming. It's it's. Yeah. Uh, I totally understand that. It's been a, a lot of talk um, about you know, anticipating that first the trade and now him actually getting on the ice and but uh, and it's not to say that Eichel's going to be a miracle fix either. The team still has to get it together and play well. And but you know they just played this great road trip a couple weeks ago. So uh, yeah, they had a bad week, but I don't. All is not lost by any means. I, I will say the division. The playoff race in the division, though, is getting very interesting. It's definitely not. It's not like, yep, Vegas is going to take it, and then it's probably Kings and Ducks. That's kind of the way we were all talking a few weeks well, ago. Yeah. It's not yeah. how it's looking now, and um, you know, Calgary is definitely in the mix. And if Edmonton can get it together, they will be too. So somebody's going to get bumped. It's just who's it going to be, right? Like. Yeah, somebody's going to get bumped point. down and then somebody's going to get bumped out or a couple teams are going to get bumped out. So, and then, and then you see the, uh, the central and you think, Jesus, there is quite a few teams in and around the playoffs that are quite dangerous. I mean, you're saying about not wanting to play the Avs, mm. but St. Louis look, look amazing. You yep. know, they destroyed the Blackhawks, uh, the other night. So, and have done that to, to Seattle and others, you know, it's right. So, it's tough, man. It's but that's why uh, the cup is so amazing when you get there because it's not an easy, not an easy road. So there's a reason they say it's the hardest trophy in sports to win. To win. Sports, yeah, yeah I, I agree with that. I think it, it's incredibly hard to win the cup. Somebody's got to win it every year, but uh, you it's know, not easy. Yeah, it's a it's a battle of attrition, you know, to get there. So exactly, um, but. Yeah, I mean, to put a positive bow on it, which I always like to do, um, I I don't think we need to worry that the Knights are going to miss the playoffs by any means or 
that they're that we somehow need to like worry about this team. I just think in fact, if anything, I think it's a testament to the organization that with all of the things that have happened to them, they still lead the division. Mm-hmm. That's not a crappy hockey team, folks. <laughs> you have to be a really good hockey team <laughs> to be able to do that. Yeah. Is it sloppy? Yes. Is Has it been messy? Has it been weird? Has it been worrisome? Absolutely. Look at the standings. They're in first place. So... Ultimately, you have to credit the organization for incredible depth and management and coaching. You don't do that. You you can't be a crappy hockey team and do that <laughs> with, with all those injuries. And it, it's, it's just a dangerous you know, quote there, my friend. <laughs> you, what? That you can't be a crappy hockey team and do that? And do that, yeah. Well, you can't be a crappy hockey team and 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 maintain yeah, first you're in right. division. I you're mean, right. I'm not saying yeah. it can't fall apart. It certainly it certainly still can, but <laughs> but so far mm. up to now, um, with everything that's happened to them, I mean, I, look, I I think Vegas have had a really tough season. Oh, I think they've had a really tough season and beyond tough. Yeah, but they're going to make the playoffs. You know, I said that. God knows how. I mean, you know, for somebody who's maybe even more sad on the stats than me will know what episode I said it on, but probably episode one. I mean, it was, mm. I, I've been saying for ages that the, you guys are making the playoffs. There's no doubt about it. So, yeah. and yeah. come game one, round one, the other two, the other two 82 games, the other 82 games before that, mm. yeah, whatever, who cares? Yeah. It doesn't matter. So, yeah. And the other thing, this is what I notice about Vegas. And I think a lot of teams do this. It's very hard to be sort of, desperately motivated game after game after game and Mm -hmm. um when you're a a solid team and you're leading the division i think there's just going to be nights where the other team there are going to be games where the other team just has a fire lit under them that you don't but when vegas gets motivated and they've got a fire lit under their butts they have shown that they can compete with anybody. Now it's not an excuse. You want them to play well every night, but it's human nature. So I, yeah, I, I think that's the other thing. I think there's just going to be some nights where they're not trying as hard as the teams that need the points. Vegas is getting to the point where they need the points, but gonna say, yeah. But there huh. have been plenty of games where it's like, ah, got a five point spread in first right now. Like, you know, probably in decent shape. I think it's just human nature. So, um, but I think they'll be working hard now because, uh, like I said, the division, the, the, the divisional picture is shifting a bit. Um, Vegas need to get back to that winning three out of every four kind of pace if they want to hold on to first the way Calgary's playing. Um, they do. They do. I thought I was going to say that about Edmonton for a second there um, until what happened last week. So it's Edmonton's still a bit of a question mark for me. I thought they were heating back up, but... Um, Hard to say. Yeah. Even with the new coach, right? I, I think they won their first one after the new coach, but uh, I think they did. Um, but still a lot of question marks. But yeah. And that's the problem. And I think that the Kings are another one that's in that mix. I mean, it's going to be interesting to the mm-hmm. end. The Pacific Division race is getting very interesting. Yeah, for sure. More teams, <laughs> yeah. more teams in that mix than I expected. Yeah, for Definitely. sure. So unfortunately not Seattle, but a bit of more teams than they yeah. expected. So we have one last thing mm-hmm. for before we end the cast. And that is that we had a question come in from one of our listeners. And um and, and, and which is rare, hence the jingle. Um and <laughs> it came in from the uh, Mr. The Real or the Real Mr. Hoot. The or, real Mr. Hoot. I, I always get that wrong. And uh, he's probably gonna <laughs> rip me on Twitter for messing it up but you know you got it the real mr hoot yeah so um and it was the question is can uh brisson obviously the uh prospect in the vegas golden knights system win a national championship gold medal and a stanley cup i mean it's he's certainly he's lined up with the proper or i think that question comes from the fact that he's lined up with the proper organizations to be able to do that right like he's playing in the Olympics. Now he plays for mm-hmm. Michigan. He plays his college hockey for Michigan. Um, who's a, obviously a powerhouse in collegiate hockey and, and then he's a gold Knights prospect. So the, 
that possibility is definitely there, right? There's plenty of prospects who it's like, well, yeah, they, they could feasibly win this, but they're never going to win this. It all just depends on what teams they're lined up with, but yeah, he's yeah. an exciting prospect and, and um, scored a kind of a big goal in the game against Canada in the Olympics uh, a few days ago. So mm-hmm. he's a very talked about prospect, um, kind of in golden Knights circles. So uh, I understand the hype around the player. I learned my lesson. I am not going to make predictions. That's a, that, that would be a massive, uh, a massive career for, uh, yeah. for Brisson, but, um, yeah, oh, there you go. You pronounce that far better than I there, pal. So, uh, oh yeah. You I, like my, I don't know pronounced Brisson, but he, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, I agree. He's, he looks good. So, yeah, I mean, obviously that's an exciting idea, uh, that just he's in a, he's in a position to have that kind of success, you know, with all of his organizations, but, um, yeah, so I, I understand where that question comes from. He's a lot of eyes on him right now, and unique opportunity because the NHL didn't go, didn't send players to the Olympics. Mm. Guys like him got in, right? I mean, I don't think he would have been in in the mix otherwise. So. No, which has been nice in a way. Um, mm-hmm. But the only frustration, I guess, for me, and this is probably a UK thing, not a US thing, but like I can't like the coverage in the in 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 Great Britain has been awful. Like being able to watch the games, it's just really, really hard. Like, what do you mean? Like, it's like they're not showing enough of it, or? Well, yeah, basically, and it's just, it's just a, it's a, it's a chore to have to try and watch one of the sports. Like, like, and this isn't bad mouthing any of the other Olympic sports, but it probably won't come as a surprise to everybody to know that I don't really care that much about 99% of what's happening at the Winter Olympics right now. And it's not because I don't want people to do well or any of that sort of stuff. I just It's just not my bag, right? You know, mm. it's like I don't care what's currently happening mm-hmm. in the curling, like whatever. You know, could Great Britain get a medal? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't even know who our team is. I've got no interest in that whatsoever. But with the hockey, I have. So I just want a way of being able to watch just the hockey. And like, it's just, I may have said, maybe this is a UK thing and everybody listening to podcasts is going, I don't know what you're talking about, Ian. It's so easy to just series link a sport, but I just, yeah, anyway. It's like that here too. I think, I feel like it's, it's because the Olympics, there's so many events and there's usually, at least here, there's usually one major network that has the exclusive rights to Mm -hmm. broadcast it. And so, and then what they end up doing is they they show a smattering of different events so that the viewing audience gets a variety of stuff. And then what that means is you can't watch all of any event, right? I mean, with yeah. streaming platforms now, I think that's getting better, but I, I hear what you're saying. Cause it's, and then the other thing they do with the Olympics a lot here is you won't even get to watch an event in its entirety. Sometimes they'll, they'll mm-hmm. cut in and give you 30 minutes of it or 20 minutes of it. And then like, okay, now moving over to the ski jump, you know, and you're like, wait a second, I was watching this, you know? (laughs) So I hear you. It's okay. It's the nature of Olympic coverage, unfortunately, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, so anyway, so I wish obviously, uh, you know, both United States and Canada are the best, um, because they're the teams that have got most of the Seattle prospects playing for them, but they, (laughs) uh, you know, I can't, if you were to ask me how the games are going, I would say no idea. Thing. No idea. The, the the only the significant one was the U.S. beat Canada. The men's team beat the uh, in men's hockey. The U.S. beat Canada in a um, preliminary game. You know, kind of mm. the round the, <laughs> in the the, the round early, robin, but yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but that doesn't happen that often. It, it's only the uh, it's the first time they've beat them in a long time. So that was kind of newsworthy. And that was the game that Brisson scored a, a pretty big goal. I think they beat them four to two was the final score. So um, nice. I watched that game in its entirety. It was tight. It, it definitely was one of those things where, yeah, Canada yeah. hit the post a couple of times. It was a close game. But uh, so that was, you know, it, it, it's been fun to watch. But I'm with you there. I enjoy the Olympics, but I'm not obsessed with uh, no. following every event. And hockey coverage here has been you know, a smattering of men's and women's and, you know, they usually show the U S games, which is understandable, but, uh, yeah. it's not comprehensive by any means. So, I, I mean, it's a good, in terms of the Stanley cup side of it, I could see, uh, Brisson playing, uh, you know, look, if, with the way that his cap would be, he would be a great addition to your team in the Stanley cup because yeah. if he's, even if he ends up playing kind of third or fourth line minutes, or even if you give him a go and it's not, it's just not the right time yet. I mean, there's no virtually no cap hit. So 
Wouldn't be, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him on the taxi squad, right? I mean, like during the playoffs, that's that's likely. I mean, once his season is over, I wouldn't be Why surprised not? to see him with the team, traveling with yeah. the team in the taxi yeah. squad. Whether or not he seems sees game time or not is is another question. But um, and obviously, McCarr did that for the Avalanche. His mm-hmm. first ever game for Colorado was in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I remember that. So, I remember I watched that game. I remember thinking, like, wow, talk about pressure. This kid must be a big deal. Mm-hmm. And yes, he is. <laughs> <laughs> he was and is and still going. Absolutely. And frustratingly. And he's, he's one of those players where everybody who got taken before him in that draft, there's so many franchises around the NHL just screaming into their pillows going, why don't we take him? Uh, yeah. But never mind. Oh, yeah. yeah he's is 2020. He has been a so. good signing for the Avs, no doubt about it. He has. Oh, we have one last thing. I nearly forgot. Mm. We have our new feature. Yeah. Yeah, let's hit which, it. <laughs> which is... It goes twice. <laughs> had to do the go. second part there. Yeah, that's the second part. So there's a nice little gap as well. You think it's done, no. and then it goes again. Well, and, I, was, I thought that, that is... was you actually playing the horn. No, just kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> talented, not that talented. Do the live version um, next the, time. This, the, the trombone charge noise that you heard there, listeners, uh, signifies our player of the week, uh, which we're each going to choose a player of the week uh, from the two teams which some weeks will be harder than others. Mm. So sometimes the player of the week might be somebody on the opposition. Who knows? Um, but we've we've got two to go through. Uh, JP, I'm going to let you go first. Uh, who is your player of the week? My player of the week is uh, is Brett Howden. Um, he's, you know, a de- definitely a depth player, fourth line, mostly fourth line center, um, mm-hmm. Who's at a level of production over the last few weeks? That's massive. It's more like, you know, the kind of production you get out of second line centers or even first line centers. Um, you know, he's heated up recently in particular, but uh, he's right now. He's on. He's, I'm just reading on ESPN.com. He's on eight goals on the season, nine assists, uh, seventeen points. Not bad. Um, not bad. But he, most of that has happened over the course of the last like ten games or something like that. So. Uh, that kid's on fire and it's funny because when they first traded for him, it was kind of a lackluster response. Everybody's like, Brett Howden, really? Like what, (laughs) what's that guy going to do? Well, there you go. The Ryan Reeves trade. Yeah. 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 That's what he's going to right? And the front office, they, they saw that potential in the player. So yeah, Brett Howden's my pick. He's been great. Yeah. Yeah. He's good. And if he carries on in this way, even he doesn't need to be a second line center, but like no. if he carries on as a strong third, fourth, and someone that will get you depth scoring, that's a great, it's a great trade. It's, to be honest, it's as much a great as I trade. didn't like seeing Ryan Reeves go the other way because he's just such a hero. But mm-hmm. um, you know, it's it made sense. Yeah. So my player of the week is going to be Ryan Donato. So. He didn't have the greatest of games against Arizona, but I don't think anybody did. But he got two goals in the game against the Ducks. And I've just been really impressed with this kid. Uh, You know, look, he's bounced around a lot of teams before he ended up in Seattle. And I know we've said that before, but, you know, he played for Boston. He played for Minnesota. um, He played for somebody else whose name's gone out. I pretty certain he played on another team as well. You know, that he's been around the block and he came to Seattle and he's just looked really solid. You know, he got the team, he got the franchise, first ever goal in the franchise. He's scored twice, obviously, like, you know, the other night, but he's just looked really solid all season. And maybe he won't become a top six guy, but the potential, I think, is there because on certain nights, you know, he can be on a line with Eberle or McCann and he doesn't look any different than those guys, you know. So he, there's a lot to like about Donato. And I think what I like about him most, and this is probably why the fan base has kind of got behind him, a bit like they did with Turbo and obviously Tanev as well, but is every night from Donato, you're going to get 100%. And you know that. So Yeah, he's a wor- like a workhorse player, right? Like He yeah, is. Just always yeah. putting out, yeah, 100, 110% effort, which is... It's easy to get behind a player like that, right? Um, exactly. 
it's what yeah. you want um you know not everybody can be jack eichel right but if everybody plays the hardest that's all you can ask of of, of somebody so yeah he's, absolutely he's it reminds me of pierre edward belmar when he played mm-hmm. he's still that this kind of player but when he played for the golden knights um fan favorite for that reason you just always super hard worker like you could tell he built his career on hard work <laughs> yeah um so yeah it sounds like and donato's a definitely a bit of a fan favorite isn't he i mean like the fans, oh, he is definitely yeah, 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 the fans sure. really like him and yeah um yeah <clears throat> he's he's somebody they need to sort out in terms of contract there's a few yeah. players to say about that but he uh you know and i guess the fan <laughs> the front office every time he scores is probably thinking oh god there's he's, another like he's gonna cost us 20 dollars on his cap <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> exactly <laughs> but uh you it's know bittersweet okay. yeah it is yeah like why do you have to have a good year when it's contract year yeah um yeah, so, exactly <laughs> but, <laughs> he's my player of the week and with player of the week done that wraps up our episode um so hopefully people are enjoying the new tuesday release date and it's not catching people out uh, but it's certainly certainly easier from our side as, as we said the reasons why we changed it so fingers crossed vegas have a better week this week i think the fan base could do with it and you never know next tuesday we might be talking about the um the beginnings of the vegas era with jack eichel in center you never mm. know so yeah big game against the avalanche coming up so <laughs> Well, potential playoff mm-hmm. preview, mm-hmm. Ooh, maybe. It's very um, possible. So yeah. Let's hope you don't lose that six nothing. <laughs> uh, otherwise, it's going to be Twitter chaos. Oh yeah. So, yeah. Fan, the fan base will be uh, will be ready to trade off the entire team at that point. So, <laughs> well, I, I know if it's bad if it, if I log in and everything is in caps, I'm like, oh no. Must have been a bad game. Yeah. <laughs> what happened? Because nobody ever, ever put even. It doesn't matter. You could win eight nil. Yeah. Nobody ever puts wins in caps. No. Like they don't. No. It's like great game, and it's just with a lot of exclamation marks. That's yeah. acceptable. Great yeah. game and a load of emojis. Um, you know, including various fruit. And <laughs> if they lose, my God, everything yeah. is in caps. Yeah. So uh, yeah, exactly. That, that's that's when you know everybody's really had it. So. I think they'll probably bounce bounce back. Whether they win or not is different, but I'm I'm sure they'll have a better game after a stinker like that. I think they'll have to. So mm. we'll see I how we so. go. Exactly. So we will find that out next week. But until then, as always, thank you to all of our listeners. Thank you to those of you who commented on Twitter as well. Special shout out for uh, for Nikki for the uh, feedback we had on the last episode as well. It's much appreciated. Until next week, stay safe. Stay well, stay caps free on your tweets, and we'll see you next Tuesday. (laughs) See you from us. Bye-bye.